This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Welcome to episode 197 of the Broadcast Podcast. This week, we're continuing with the new series of Margins to Mike from Unreach Network. In this episode, we're in the UK hearing from Rosie Hopley, sharing on the importance of lament. When I see across the atlas, my heart bleeds on this canvas. So we map the plan out to bring healing for this cancer. Tunnel vision focus, seeing the broken and the hopeless. There's healing in this music as God spoke. We wrote this. I've got courage, I'm not. Hi, I'm Rosie and I'm in the UK. Today I'm going to talk about lament and how God receives our lament. How we can make meaning through offering up our voices when we're suffering. How we can be alongside those who are suffering around us. And how we can make room in our churches and a place for those who are walking through pain. When we think about lament, there are several important things that are good to remember. Lament is a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. It is based in reality and how we as humans try to understand our feelings. It is a healthy emotional expression. It happens with God as we raise our voices, our complaint even to God, in relationship with him. And it helps us to remember God's power. Walk down any street or through any town or village and we will find people marked by grief or sorrow. Whether it's as a result of the global pandemic, war, movement of people, or those just grappling with life, poverty. Everyday life in all its complexities and wonders brings its troubles and its joys. So how do we make meaning out of this? How do we navigate our way through this? To suffer and give voice to that suffering is entirely human. Grief will find a way to make itself heard one way or the other. When we lament about the state of things around us, the state of the world, lives or injustice, it's entirely human to do that. Lament gives us space to hold pain asking God and others to see it. Because we're made in God's image, part of the way that God has made us is to have emotions. And it is good when we are honest in our ways with him, not pretending to be something that we're not. As our loving heavenly father, he bids us welcome. He with Jesus promises to make his home with us. And when things aren't going so well, when we have troubles, we can take that to God. We can bring our burdens to him. He lovingly walks with us and invites us to give up our sorrows and burdens to him. 
and he even promises to give us the oil of joy instead of mourning. What an exchange and what a relief. So we know we can bring our lament to him. He won't cast us away or be angry with us. He receives our pain. Sometimes we choose another way. We vent our pain outwards to people, to others around us. We get angry perhaps with others, with God, putting our trust in other things. Why do we do this? Well, because we know that something is wrong. Even when we can't find words to express it, deep down in our souls, we know it wasn't meant to be this way. I think that there is an echo from the Garden of Eden in that, when at one point everything was good. And sometimes we, pain, we turn our pain inwards. We withdraw, defeated, overwhelmed. How human is that in our experiences? How many people are suffering silently where they cannot find the words to express their innermost anguish? Or finding ways to medicate or to dull their grief or their pain, and their lament, because we aren't sometimes very good as communities at sitting with sorrow. There is a way for us to express our pain and to pour out our lament, doing this with God. And this is the way we have been shown through the ages and it is captured in scripture. The book of Lamentations in the Old Testament shows us an extraordinary period of time when the Israelites were taken captive into another land. They went into exile. They were captured by the Babylonians. And the book recalls terrible examples of suffering and it makes for very hard reading. And yet, even in the cataloguing of pain, it gives voice to the fact that God hears people's pain and he is not a stranger to it. Lamentations begins with the immense suffering of God's people and ends with immense suffering. In chapter one, we read the words, see my pain, see my suffering. Is it nothing to you, all you who pass by? Look around and see. Those words could have been written today across so many communities, families and churches even. But there are in chapter three, some well-known quoted verses and they have comforted people for millennia because these words point to the promises of God. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. So what do we make of our own journey through suffering? How can we give voice to those who are suffering around us and in our communities? What do we do with it? The first thing that we can do is actually to acknowledge it in church, to dignify people in their pain and to not ignore it. Now, witness suffering can be scary. We don't know how to respond. We don't know sometimes what to say. 
Yet just being alongside and offering our presence as someone walks through suffering can be the best way to honour them, to dignify their pain and to bear witness to it. To say, I see you and to acknowledge, I see you are in pain. It is a heart cry and even a demand that says, see my pain. And there is a dignifying of people when we see it, when we bear witness to it. There is a precious ministry of presence. For those who don't yet know God, who haven't seen the reality of his love for them, there is a great opportunity in this ministry of presence in the church that we can bring to those living with devastation around us. Maybe even the lament passages bring an authenticity that the God who saw the exiled Israelites suffering back then sees people suffering today. And he has something to say about it. Perhaps there are people who identify with Job, who cried out in the book of Job, chapters 30 and 31, saying, I cry out to you, God, but you do not answer. Oh, that I had one to hear me. Let the Almighty answer me. We as church have our part to play in this, to show that God, the Almighty, does have an answer. Think of the Good Samaritan who, after all the others had passed by the injured man, he was the one who stopped. He dignified the man by seeing him, seeing his pain, seeing his problem. It makes me think of those joining the protests after the murder of George Floyd, of the women speaking up in the Me Too movement. These are people who are calling attention to deep wells of pain, crying out to the world, see my pain, witness our grief and lament. Pain that has passed like a baton from generation to generation for decades and even centuries. The Good Samaritan didn't turn a cold eye to his neighbour, nor did he ignore him or minimise his suffering or mock him. He stopped, he bore witness and he acted. He was willing to be interrupted. And we may find that bearing witness to others' suffering means that we too need to be willing to be interrupted. It might, be, might mean being late for appointments or setting aside our preferences or sacrificing comforts. But when we do this, when we are open to the promptings of the Holy Spirit to act with love towards our neighbour, our communities, our church families, this is showing deep and sacrificial love. Scripture shows us many examples of people who have heard the words of Jesus. He commanded his followers to pick up your cross and follow me. What does that mean for us today? To be followers of Jesus means that we are invited, called and adopted into an ever growing family, a global family that stretches across history and across the nations. It's wonderful. We have a future, a destiny, where we will live with God as his people, knowing everlasting joy, where death will be no more and where every tear will be wiped away.
that's for them. But what about for now? How do we deal with the now? Jesus told his followers to take heart. He was really straight with his people. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. We will suffer in this world because part of being human is to suffer. And sometimes it's through the actions of others or just because life happens. Things just go wrong or through our own actions. So when he said, you will have trouble, he was right. But then he said, take heart, I have overcome the world. When we are in the midst of our laments, sometimes we can't hear that. But just because we can't hear that doesn't make it any less true. The truth hasn't gone away of what he promised. His truth is eternal and remains. And part of our role is to keep our eyes focused on him when we can. And I know sometimes that is so hard. How do you even see Jesus when your eyes are raw from tears or when you are so empty and spent with your suffering that you don't even know what to dare to say or to do? When you are longing for the pain to be over, for justice to come. How long, O oh Lord, how long? Take heart, Jesus says, I have overcome the world. There are so many reasons why we love Jesus, why we know we can trust him. One reason I know is because he was a man of sorrows. He knew lament himself. Think of the time when he looked out over Jerusalem and cried out, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. You can almost feel the longing of Jesus and his visceral sorrow as he says these words over his people. He understands lament. I think of the hours when he hung on the cross, quoting Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The depth of agony of Jesus as he said those words shortly before he died for us to make a way for us to be reconciled to God. He paid that price for us. Jesus cried out to his father and our father too in the garden of Gethsemane before going to the cross. He being fully man and fully God and he suffered. Jesus is grappling with his imminent arrest, torture, trial and execution while most of his disciples scatter and flee. In this account, we are beckoned to take a closer look at the obedience of Christ as he went to the cross. To find out more closely, what does that mean for us? And perhaps to take a closer grip of our cross and to follow Jesus. For us to follow God's way, not our own way. Even as we walk through the valleys of lament and loss. In the invitation, there is surely an experience of the truth that God truly does walk with us as we walk with him and that we don't need to fear evil for he is with us. And again, Jesus says, take heart. 
for I have overcome the world. Words which speak to the agony in our souls when we lament, knowing that his promise is peace, even to those who feel far away from God. We need to keep finding ways to introduce people to Jesus who laments, who knew lament, who brings strength to the weary, who brings resurrection, life to those who are near death. Let's keep finding ways in church to help one another, give voice to lament our grief and pain. Let's make room for this and not be afraid of what tomorrow brings. Let's find ways to deeply love one another and those in our communities who don't yet know that God bids them welcome, just as they are, and to share this good news that God has not abandoned them. Let's make room for them. Let's find ways to be honest in the reality of suffering and to dignify it with deep listening, making room for one another. As I said, there is power in the ministry of presence and in our limitations on occasions, more than we realise, it may be the most powerful thing we can bring. For so many people we meet, we bring ourselves in humility of being alongside and being able to demonstrate, I see you and with love, there is power in that. And the Lord is surely near because he is close to the brokenhearted. Let's keep pointing others to God, his power and the deep transformation that he brings to us. The one who said in the words of Jesus, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Let's make room for God's healing, his comfort, to receive peace from Jesus, not as the world gives, but the peace that comes from God and to not be afraid. And even as we sometimes suffer in our journey of our faith, let's be reassured that God takes account of every tear that is shed. Our tears count. Let's keep introducing others to Jesus, the one who suffered, died and rose again, our King of Kings, who helps those lost in grief lost in sorrow and lost in crisis. He is the one who came to find them and bring them to his father's house. We can't be silent. 